everyone, welcome to Oh Wow the Podcast, a weekly recap and analysis of every episode of Skins UK starting from the very beginning. I'm your host, Augustine, and today we are covering Season 2, Episode 3, Sid. For some reason, I really told myself, let's make a Skins podcast. That's going to be super fun, reaching out to the audience and we can have a lot of laughs together and talk about the drama and reminisce on the parties. But then this episode happens and I wonder what the hell am I doing and why am I putting myself through this emotional torture? Also, what kind of sick fucks are you to want to listen to a recap of this episode because it's so depressing. But as you know, if you've seen the episode, it's also super important. And if you haven't watched this episode, buckle up because you're going to hear all about it. And it's a really rough one. Definitely not the most cheerful. I barely could even pick a Bristol's best this episode. But there are some moments of comedic relief. So I'll be sure to point those out as well to try to keep it a little bit lighthearted when I can. So the episode opens with Sid talking to Cassie on his laptop, and any way that I try to explain this, I'm really aging myself here because I'm like, oh, their chat room is kind of like AIM, and I'm sure all the Gen Z people listening to this are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, Sid's talking to Cassie. She doesn't know how to use the video feature, so she accidentally turns on her camera, and Sid can see into her room in Scotland. And to our surprise, we see that she's in her underwear and there's a guy in her bed who's shirtless. So this is looking like a compromising situation for Cassie. Of course, she doesn't know how to use the speakers or the camera. So she doesn't even know that Sid can see her and she can't explain herself because she doesn't even know what's happening. Also, if they just had clear communication, this show would run very differently, as would most TV shows. They kind of need lack of communication for there to be a plot. So Sid's freaking out because he thinks that Cassie's cheating on him. From what he can see, it looks like that. And his dad, Mark, comes up into his room and is trying to console him because he's also seeing what's happening. And there is a pretty funny line where Sid's like, stop trying to console me. I'm inconsolable. And I want to start saying that to people when I'm upset. Sid kind of has this, like, nice guy moment where he's like, I don't deserve to be treated this way because I'm such a nice guy and my problem is that I'm just too nice. And I'm like, Sid, I don't know if that's the problem. Like, sure, you're not verbally abusive or whatever, but I don't know if the issue is that you're just so thoughtful and considerate and kind and... I don't think that's really the issue. But I mean, he doesn't even know what's going on with Cassie, but just I have to point out Sid's little like sort of nice guy moment. That's what I'm calling it. So he just closes the laptop and we don't really get any closure on the situation until later in the episode. We find out that Sid's granddad, his dad's father is visiting and this seems to incite some stress upon the home because they're Mark and Sid alone. His mom has left. It was a few episodes that she left um, because she was just fed up of the guys treating her badly and not appreciating her. And so they're freaking out because granddad's visiting 
family time. That's like a big topic in this episode is family visiting, which I have been thinking about a lot as well lately. So they're panicking. They're like, we got to get the house together. We think that Sid's mom is showing up, but it's Anwar at the door with Sketch. And so we learn that they've just been hooking up regularly, I guess, kind of dating. I think dating is a pretty loose term for what they're doing, which is just having sex on a semi-regular basis. We don't really know what Sketch's intentions are other than presumably to weasel her way back to Maxie somehow. But Anwar's clearly just in it for the sex, and he's pretty content with that. So they go up to Sid's room, and Sid's mom comes by to help them clean up and play house and make everything look copacetic for the family visiting. She gets dropped off by her boyfriend Manfred, who is a German guy, and Mark is kind of dunking on him for being German, and it's pretty funny, I don't know. We are supposed to not really like Manfred, even though... He doesn't really do anything wrong at this point, but he just kind of seems like a greaseball. But it seems that he's making Sid's mom happy. And so she comes in, she's helping. It's all super awkward. The tension you could cut with a knife, and it doesn't help that she walks in on Anwar and Sketch having sex. And the tension is just building. We kind of get the feeling that things have to change because this dynamic is so unsustainable. And I think that the show is really good at dramatizing relationship dynamics to the point that you realize things have to change. So we wonder what will happen because the dynamic of Sid and his parents and their relationship right now is just very tense. So granddad, Alex, and Mark's brother, Sandy, and Sandy's two kids, these creepy little twins, Lex and Allie, show up, and they're like the kids in The Shining. Just like very unsettling little boys. They are also super aggressive. The whole extended family is just really nasty and mean, and it doesn't seem like there's any positive that comes out of it. Like Alex, the granddad, just shits all over Mark, clearly excluding Mark from the family and being mean to him is kind of their like bonding as a family. So you feel bad for him and you kind of see how Mark's been treated his whole life and why he wants Sid to be so productive and successful. There's a lot of trauma on Mark's side of the family, but there's this really sweet moment where Sid's dad tells Sid that he does love him and he's proud of him and he's never disappointed in him. You can tell that Mark really doesn't want to be like his father. He wants to do better even though he doesn't always accomplish that, he definitely doesn't want to be as bad as Alex. Sid tries calling Cassie on his laptop again, and they make a connection, and she's all confused because she still doesn't know that he even saw her in the bedroom. And they have this argument because there's just no clear communication of what's going on. Sid's so angry, and she's just really confused, and then she's hurt that he's basically accusing her of cheating when she hasn't actually done anything, and I mean, she was putting on an outfit to impress him, and she was showing her friends there who are these gay guys that she got this really cute outfit to impress Sid, so she didn't do anything wrong, and he's just accusing her, but I mean, that happens. In relationships, it's not great, but it's pretty relatable. And Sid says that he doesn't trust Cassie. He just straight up tells her, I don't trust you. And 
you can kind of understand where he's coming from, which is that his mom just walked out of the family, and even if it was for her own reasons that were justified, Sid is like 16 or 17, and he feels like his mom just abandoned the family for no reason and abandoned him, and she even admits that she hasn't been keeping up with him that much. She doesn't really know what's going on in his life, so he's just having a lot of trust issues with women right now, and him and Mark are kind of bonding over that in this episode. So Sid freaks out and breaks the laptop, which is not the best move because laptops are expensive. I don't recommend doing that. At night, the family visit really escalates and Manfred drives into the house and his head is like bleeding and he's screaming. (laughs) And we find out that he's definitely nuts and he's showing his true colors He's really possessive and violent, and he beats up Sandy, and finally, Sid's mom is like, you have to stop, and she sees that Manfred is not really this great guy that maybe she thought he was. You know, at least we can assume that Mark has not behaved this erratically during their marriage. So Mark's looking pretty good compared to Manfred's unhinged driving into the house little episode here. And Mark finally stands up for himself to the family and kicks everybody out, kicks out his dad and his brother and the kids and says, you're a fucking miserable Scottish cunt, get out of my house. Which is good, it's good to see him have some backbone and stand up for himself. And Mark is feeling really good by the end of the night because he stood up to his family, his wife is coming back to him, there's sort of an implication that she just needs to get rid of things with Manfred and then she'll be back. And he's bonded with Sid and so he's just really happy and it's nice. This is the first time we really see Mark relaxed and happy at all. So he's sitting in his chair just drinking a glass of whiskey and smoking a cigarette and singing to himself. And then everything stays really happy and that's the rest of the episode. Bye! Just kidding. (laughs) Haha, everything has to become terrible, of course. Um, So Sid walks downstairs the next morning trying to call Cassie because he realizes he was kind of a dick and he wants to figure things out. And Cassie's blocked his phone number. And then Sid walks in on his dad in the same chair that we saw him the night before and his dad has passed away. And it's really horrifying, and I cried. And I'm probably going to cry talking about the second half of this episode because it really gets to me. So we have a very abrupt flash to the school campus after that happens. I mean, that just happens. And then, boom, we're back to school. Tony is learning how to smoke again with Chris and Jal. And... We go sort of into this lighthearted moment where Chris is talking about, oh, and she's coming back, finally, of course she misses me, and um, just school drama, but Angie isn't coming back. She has left the school, she left a note for Chris, and we don't really know what's going on with that or why she's left or anything, but there was the drama with her husband and the last time we saw her, so you can kind of guess that it has something to do with that. Sid just goes back to class after finding his dad, and I think that's a pretty normal reaction. I know a lot of people are just so in shock when 
they have a huge loss like that, that they just go back to their normal lives because it's like, what else are you supposed to do? He hasn't done anything. He literally just left and was like, okay, I'm going to school because what the fuck else do you do? The other day I was listening to Jeanette McCurdy's podcast, Empty Inside. Definitely recommend checking it out if you haven't already. They cover a lot of the somber topics that this podcast talks about as well, so I think you guys would like it if you aren't already fans. Anyway, they were talking about the culture surrounding death in different countries, and I know in America, we really have no relationship with death. We don't talk about it. We don't think about it. It's a very taboo topic, and I don't know if it's different in the UK, but the way that Sid is kind of handling this, it just makes me think about how some cultures really distance themselves from death and like literally can't handle it when it does happen, and how other cultures are more accepting of it just as part of the natural cycle. And I mean, obviously this is traumatizing as fuck for any kid to have this happen, but it just is kind of an interesting, bigger conversation. And especially the way that Sid reacts to this. I mean, he's just completely shell-shocked and he doesn't tell anybody. He just goes to school. He doesn't talk about it. He doesn't even tell Tony. Tony comes up to Sid after class and is kind of like, I can tell something's going on, what is it? And Sid's just like, I can't even say it. And Tony is still all fucked up and they kind of talk about how bad Tony's accident was and overcome this barrier that's been in their friendship, which is that Tony's been resenting Sid for not doing enough because he doesn't remember Sid being there all the time. And Sid basically explains that it's just too hard for him and it was too depressing and awful to see his best friend just completely changed and have no memory and not even be able to do basic skills. I mean, that's horrifying. So I think they reach more of a mutual understanding and gosh, like if family visiting is one topic, I would say having a best friend and Tony and Sid's friendship. At the end of the day, there are just some people that you will always have each other's backs at the end of the day. No matter what you go through, no matter how toxic shit gets, there are some friends that are just like family and you're just like ride or die no matter what happens. And we kind of see that happening between Sid and Tony where finally Sid needs Tony for something and Tony has to be the one to show up. And I think that really changes the script of their dynamic too, that it's just been Sid helping Tony, Sid helping Tony, Sid doing things for Tony, and finally Tony has to step up and do something and be there and be a supportive friend. And he does, he steps up and he says, hey, I don't know what's going on, but let's go out, let's get a drink, whatever. So they go to this show and oh my god, oh god, Abigail's on stage, there's this awful ska song. And I like ska, but... It's bad. It's just so bad. Definitely isn't going to make Sid feel any better to have to listen to this. And then Abigail runs up to Tony and is like, oh my god, like you're going to take me out later, right? I'm your girlfriend. And Sid stands up for Tony and you can just see the best friend swag. That's like what I wrote in my notes, best friend swag, where Sid's like, you're not his girlfriend. Shut the fuck up. Leave him alone. And I don't know. It just makes me all emotional 
friendship, man. And then I was terrified that they were going to take out the Crystal Castle scene because of copyright issues or whatever. So I'm really glad that they've retained this scene because it's one of the most impactful, poignant scenes of TV history that I've ever watched. So Crystal Castles is on stage. I'm giving the Bristol's best to Alice Glass. I don't even know really what she was wearing, but she's just an icon and always stylish short black hair, I think just like a black t-shirt or something on the stage. She's been through a lot, so she wins Bristol's Best. And thank God they kept Alice practicing because it's so necessary for this scene. Sid's just watching the world blur around him. It's all hitting him and he goes over to tell- oh, I'm gonna cry. Oh my god, I'm such a little bitch. Okay. He goes over to Tony and he just hugs him and he tells Tony what happened and you don't hear him say it. You just watch them embrace in this concert where everyone's just jumping and there's lights flashing and the music is just like screaming in your ear and you just see Tony crumple and like holding Sid up and they're just crying. Oh my god. I just have so many thoughts during this scene. First of all, just that they're still kids going through all this. And they're sort of the teenagers that are acting like adults. They act like they know how to handle all these situations and that they're so grown up doing all these adult things, but they're still kids at the end of the day. And emotionally, they don't know how to handle these things happening. And they shouldn't have to handle this happening. I mean, it's awful. And also just this is a turning point for me where I feel like the party stops. And I think in my own life, living really recklessly with partying and sex and drugs and whatever, there are those moments. For me, it was like the funeral of a friend that really symbolically and literally was a turning point where you realize the party's not going to go on forever. This isn't even fun anymore. Like, we have to grow up at some point, and you're not just kids having a house party like you are in the first episode forever. Like, life happens really fast, and especially when you're living really recklessly, shit happens. And so I think this is one of those big scenes, too, where it's a turning point. The party's kind of coming to an end. There's a point where you realize that what you thought was just having fun becomes self-destruction and spiraling very quickly. And that's what I feel like happens in the rest of the season, so we'll have to just see what happens and talk about it. But anyway, Sid really needs Tony, clearly, in this moment, and they go back to Sid's house, and Sid just has no idea what to do. I mean, his mom isn't there. He's just alone. And Tony says, you need to call. You need to call and you need to let the adults and the proper people deal with this. And Sid doesn't want to because it's going to make it real. Like that will solidify that this has happened. And he's still so in denial and shock that this happened. So it's really great that Tony's there for him because I don't think there's any other friend. I mean, Sid's feeling like he's lost every single person in his life. His best friend got hit by a bus and has basically no memories or skills. His mom abandoned the family. I mean, 
even if she was going to come back, he has that trust broken. Cassie and him have broken up, I guess. Just that argument was really bad. And now his dad is dead. I mean, Sid's lost every single person close to him. So the glimmer of hope of Tony being there is so necessary, I think, for his mental health to have a chance to make it. So Tony hands him a cell phone to call his mom and have it all actually taken care of. It's so hard to watch. It's so hard to talk about. I mean, I'm just gonna be mopey all day thinking about it, even though I've seen this show so many times, it still gets to me. And the episode ends with Sid on a train We can guess that he's going up to Scotland to see Cassie, but of course, Cassie is also on the train passing by to go visit Sid, and their missed connection will continue on as it does. Next week is Michelle's episode, so there's a lot that happens in that one. It is a little more fun. I mean, this is just so fucking dark. Like, I was dreading even having to talk about it because it's sensitive, it's sad, it's not a lot of fun, and I cried on the podcast, (laughs) so... Honestly, knowing me, I'm pretty impressed that this is the first time I've cried because I cry all the time about everything. So shout out to me for making it this long into the show without crying. Um, Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care of yourselves. Do something nice for yourself. Get yourself a little treat. And we'll be back next week to talk about Michelle and all of that drama everything is escalating so quickly so we'll be into it next friday make sure you follow the instagram at oh wow the podcast and i always post on reddit and youtube as well if you want to discuss this episode or anything else about the show i would love to do that so have a good week and i'll see you guys next time Okay, thanks. Bye.